We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The beginning of the podcast for our first section here, uh, Keith, uh, I wanted to focus us on your thoughts and feelings on Eddie Howe so far. He's had a good number of games now to to prove himself. The mood seems to be different at the club and all of that stuff. What's your overarching impression? Well, I mean, the first thing I think is worth pointing out that Eddie Howe, and I think everyone is kind of seeing that now, is just a, a genuine, really good guy. And I think that's I think that's coming across. And, and not just his dealings um, with us in the media, who obviously speak to him on a weekly basis, maybe sometimes two, three times times a week. Um, but also the players as well, because those players who've been left out or those players who have had to sort of kick their heels. I mean, look at Bruno Guimaraes, for for example. Um, I don't hear any mumping or moaning or anything like that. Everyone just seems to be getting their head down and, and getting on with it. So that that always bodes well when, when the manager's got that relationship with the players, like the players aren't sort of showing any frustration behind the scenes or anything like that. And I think, I think Eddie would be first to admit that, you know, results weren't as he would have wanted to start off with, certainly in the first few weeks. But I think we're beginning to see the fruits of his labour now um, with this un- unbeaten run that, that Newcastle are on. And, you know, you're going into games now thinking, you know, we, we should be winning these. I mean, I think probably three, four months ago, you would have gone to Brentford away and thought, you know, we'll lose this. Whereas now you're looking at this and just reading a lot of the, 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 the fans' sort of tweets and whatnot and those that I speak to online, there seems to be a real air of confidence going into the, the Brentford game. And I think that's probably the same, even with the changes to the team and with the, the big players are injured. I think that was the same going into the West Ham match as well. So I think I think we're beginning to see, um, as I say, the, the fruits of his hard work there. Um, I think you've got a, a team and a group of players who are, are buying into what he's trying to do. And I think if you look right across that squad, it looks to me like he's pretty much improved every player in that squad since he's arrived. You know, whether that be someone like Alan St. Maximin, who you think, could he have got any better? The way he played against Everton the other week was unbelievable. You know, he's he looks like he's backtracking more. He looks like he's working for the team more than ever. You look at Ryan Fraser, who looked like he was probably set for the exit door, and he's one of the first names on the team sheet. So, listen, you could go through the entire squad. Fabian Scherer is another one. John Joe Shelby, you know, Joe Linton, more than anyone, the improvement he's made under Eddie Howe has been, has been exceptional. So, he's getting the best out of the group of players, and certainly the, the signings that he's made so far 
have all been positive. Probably Chris Wood's the one that, you know, I think he'll admit himself, he probably needs to do a little bit more. But we see that with strikers all the time, don't we? They go through barren spells. And I think he's on one of those at, at the moment. There's probably not too much the manager can do there. He probably just needs for it, needs the first one to go in off his backside or whatever to, to get it rolling. But I certainly think that you guys, the supporters, seem to be coming round to Eddie Howe. I know probably maybe at the start there was one or two who weren't sure about him coming in because Unai Emery was the big name. But I think now um, it's pretty clear that I think he's pretty much been an ideal choice for the first manager under the under the new regime. And the way things are going at the moment, you have to be confident that he's going to save you from relegation. And then not just that, but build this team and build this club moving forward. Absolutely. Is that, Adam, did you want to add? Yeah. Well, yeah. So obviously, Keith, I talked to you on the roof um, outside St. James's Park on the day that Eddie Howe was was appointed. And, you know, I, I had expectations. You know, I was I was quite buoyed by the fact that he'd done his homework, that he'd, you, you know, he'd, 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 he told, he, he had an idea for every single player, how he could improve the existing players there, forgetting about the January transfer window. Um, and it was kind of like, well, he said all the right things and he sent, and he felt it seemed sincere and he seemed like he had a plan. He was confident. And at this point now, I'm really, really pleased with how it's all panned out because the hard work has been put in. That was never going to be in doubt, but to make the, to turn the performances into points, I think yeah. has taken, like you say, a little bit of time, but I, it just felt like the trajectory has always just been up, 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 even if it's incrementally. Mm. And I've felt really confident ever since. Like he's he's delivered on what I think he's so far he's, he's he's hoped to achieve. And yes, there's a long way to go before the end of the season, before survival, before safety. But you know, his first few months as a as a Newcastle manager, I, I, I think you know the way he felt he seems to have kind of turned around the the, the mood, the feeling. You know, yes, that's part of the takeover as well, but. His hand, you know, he's 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 in charge of what happens on that pitch, and there's no doubt that the the whole fan base, whether you're in the stadium or or watching elsewhere, everyone that feels like there's a huge backing for him, and everyone's willing it to happen, and everyone's just buying into what he's what he's trying to do, the players included. Yeah, I think I think he's very clever, um, Eddie, isn't he? Like some of the things he says at news conferences, whereas I think. His predecessor probably got himself in a little bit of bother with some of the things he said, and maybe maybe riled a lot of the fan base up. Where it seems to me, it seems to me that Eddie Howe says the right thing at the right time, you know, and he'll he'll give little bits of information out, but he won't give too much away, and he just he just has a good way of managing the situation. But what I will say, and it was just interesting, just listening to you there, Adam, talking about how things have increment incrementally got better. I have to say, going into that Leeds United match just before they travelled out to Saudi Arabia for the warm weather training camp, I think if Newcastle had lost that then, I, I honestly think Ed, Eddie Howe would have probably been under a bit of pressure. I honestly think so, due to the fact that the club need to stay in the Premier League this season. And I think he would. I think he knows that himself. I mean, you have noticed that he's he's not moved his family yet up from from the south coast, and you know I think probably there were a few question marks over how long he's going to be here if results had continued the way they are before Christmas and then into the new year. But then since that Leeds result, Leeds United result, you just had a real shot in the arm since then. Um, and I think that is, it just seems to be getting better week on week. There's a confidence coursing through the, the squad right now, through individual players. You can just see a real togetherness throughout the squad. And that obviously comes from, from the manager. And one th other thing I'd like to add is um, that trip to Saudi Arabia, I know it was one thing that, 
probably the manager wasn't too keen on because I think for him, you know, they would probably like to have stayed here and worked with the players for 10 days here. But I have to say, looking back now, having beaten Leeds United the day before they travelled, them being over there, spent a lot of time off the pitch together, a lot of team bonding away from it. I actually think it's been it's been a, a real worthwhile exercise for them. And I think it's been a springboard for them to go on for, for these results because the team have spent that time together and you can see that team spirit without the squad there with throughout the squads, whenever they're celebrate celebrating the goal, whether they are whether they're just kind of being there for each other when someone's, you know, if someone's gone in over the top of them in a tackle, they're all there backing each other up. And I honestly think that trip and I and and, and, and I mean before it as well, I think that Leeds United game, when the players know that they're going away the next day on a sort of lads trip away, bit of team bonding, have some downtime. Yes, there'll be a, a few training sessions in there, but I think when the players know they had that the next day, I think that gave them that extra edge going into that Leeds game. They've then come back from that and they've gone on, they've continued the unbeaten run. So I actually think, and it, it's a strange thing to say, but I think looking back, you'll, they'll look back at that little trip there and they'll think that was key to us, hopefully, being, being successful this season and, and stay, staying in the league. But Eddie Howe, I, I just think that it's amazing to see because just after I was I was away on holiday last week, so I wasn't at the match, but I was just looking at some of the reaction to the West Ham game and on Twitter, and it was just one hundred percent positivity behind them from the from the supporters, and it's been a long time since we've seen that here at Newcastle. I mean, obviously Rafa Benitez had that, but interestingly, you'll probably notice the name Rafa Benitez hasn't been mentioned for a very long time now for 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 months now since Eddie Howe's come in. And I think the doubt, the small amount of doubters he's had, I think he's won them over by the way that the team are performing and the real togetherness that's in the squad. I mean, you guys will know just being around the city, it feels to me right now that the supporters are engaged. They're just engaged with everything that's going on. And it feels to me like there's a lot of supporters who, let's, for example, there's, there's supporters coming up to me now and, and saying, oh, Keith, how are you doing in street? Oh, that was great with the takeover and whatnot. And do, why are you down here? Do you, do you, not, do you not live in Scotland? Do you not? And uh, I said, no, no, I live here. I've, I've lived down here for, for eight years. I've been covering it for eight, eight years. I thought you just started. And, and this is what I mean. There's a lot of supporters who have been so disengaged with it and so switched off from it now that I feel I feel the club have just got a big element of the fan base back again since the takeover went through. And I think Eddie Howe and what he's done in the last you know few weeks, allied to that of the players, I think it's just, it just added to that. And it just feels like the whole city is engaged. And you, there's there's just I think I think I, I think I wrote recently or 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 I said somewhere else that it feels like it's just waiting to take off in in the city right now. And I think that's I think that's the best way of, of of describing it. It feels like there's a level of expectation there that certainly I've never experienced before. And just looking at you three and your 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 youth there, I don't think any youth three will have either. So um, it's listen, it's great, it's great to be part of. Uh, long may it continue. I think you'll all look back to this little period, this first three four months, including the January transfer window after the takeover went through. And I think you'll all look back in this in years to come and say, do you know what? that was probably one of the best parts of it. Whether you go on and you win the league, whether you go on and win trophies, I think you'll look back and you'll say, this first three, four months, when it was all new and shiny and fresh, this will be the best part of it. And it was Eddie Howe that was at the helm in that time. Absolutely. Simon? Well, Keith said everything I was going to say, but probably better <laughs> than I would have said it. Um, yeah, I, I totally, I mean, I've, I've said it many times now, the, the energy around the city, the energy in offices and workplaces, everywhere you go, People are talking about Newcastle United again. People are talking about the, the match at the weekend. They're talking about the match coming up at the weekend after. Like, it's all, all people want to do is like, I keep being astounded by how many people 
like football that I didn't realize liked football because <laughs> yeah. they're talking about it again and they're coming up to me at work and saying, Oh, did you see the match? And say, like, Do you you like football, do you? It's it's <laughs> it's wild because so many people are just had just switched off from it by by the time Monday rolled around in the last few years, you'd already forgotten about the match because it was such a non-event on your weekend. Whereas now it's it's the pinnacle once more, and it hasn't taken long to to capture that back. Even some of uh, some of the more like really hardened fans who turned their backs on the club in the last few years have come back. That they're, they're back sucked right back into it, and and very quickly. And I totally agree, Keith. That it's, Eddie Howe is at the centre of that, and we'll never forget that. No matter what happens over the next three, five, ten years, you, you, you will always be remembered fondly, I'm sure, just based on this two to three months he's already had. And the main thing for me is that he obviously gets it. He gets it. He understands the fans. Anyone who's been to an away game so far, he's got all the players out to, and there's that bond already growing where after each game, there's a good five, ten minutes with of, a pre, of mutual appreciation between the fans and and the players and the manager. Um the other thing that, and again, this this comes down to a slight comparison between the previous manager, is when he talks about the match to to you guys, Keith, to 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 the local media. You can tell he's actually watched the same football match as you. Whereas <laughs> the previous manager, you have to admit, we were all just saying, was he watching the same game? Because he just had to he's honest. Off he's honest, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's honest. And I, I'll go back just to Saturday gone. Like we drew that game, but he 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 looked disappointed and. Some Newcastle fans were disappointed, but not because it was a bad result or because it was bad, because we'd played better and we probably deserved to win the game. And he he had the same disappointment in us. It's like, oh, actually, we were so good there. We deserved the three points. And it's just, it, it feels like we're on the same page as the manager. And it definitely didn't in the last few years. I think you're right, Sian, like you've just alluded to there, like the, the, the he's more analytical. He can understand mm-hmm. why something's happened in the game. Like he, he knows why he's why he's not won. He knows why why he's won when he does win. He yeah. knows what he can improve all the time. You always you get that sense that a bit like Rafa, um, you'll take every you'll take something away from every game, whether we've played well, whether we played poorly, whether it's been mediocre, whether it's just been a scrappy one. He'll take something away from that. And the the belief that he's instilled into this team, you know. It, it's resonating on the stands and then they're getting yeah. that back with support and the decibels. It's St. James's Park is louder than it's ever been. Uh, well, not ever been, but it's been louder than it's ever been for, for, a, for a good number of years, if we're being completely honest. Yes, we've had moments under the Ashley era, but it, it just feels every home game is just consistently loud from, from the, you know, from the, from the start to the full-time whistle. It's, it is such a sea change. It's refreshing and it's, it's just something people are excited about match day again. Match day feels different. It's not just about, oh, well, we'll go to the pub with my mates and yeah, we've got to go to the match in between. You know, it's more about, it, it, it's more it's more of a proper substantial part of the match day experience like you used to be, like you would expect, you know, given that yeah. is the main event. But it, you know, it it was, it hasn't been for some people for, for so long. Uh, so yeah, that it's absolutely that feel good factor is back. And, it's so tangible because you can hear the noise and the support. Um, and Keith, you, you alluded before about, you know, that team spirit that we're seeing when they're celebrating things. I think the team spirit's more prevalent when things aren't going well, when we're, when we're down, like, like when we went down against Everton, for example, um, to pick ourselves up and to just, to then just, you know, composure. We didn't drop our heads. We didn't crumble. We went straight on the other side of the other end of the pitch and we made it right. And, like 
I can't imagine a Steve Broussaille doing that. The, the transformation from this team that we saw the start, you know, the first couple of games of the season to what we're seeing now, we're competitive. We've got belief. It's just there's an energy about us. You know, we we have character now. We're we're not pushovers. We're we're competitive. It's 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 absolutely fantastic. It, it really really feels good to support a club that's actually trying again. Yeah, sometimes just listening to that, I kind of have to sort of. I kind of have to sort of ask myself: Is this actually a Newcastle United supporter talking? Because in the eight <laughs> years, in in the eight years covering the club, um, I've not heard this before. Like I've never actually heard you talk this. And you know, people have said to me, "Just wait until you see if the takeover happens." And you know, we we start going up the up up the way. Wait wait till you see how 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 this place will will take off. And I'm beginning to see it already. And you know, I, I just the one thing I've noticed more than anything is the amount of people who are asking for tickets for matches. Like honestly, I've I've got a list the length of my arm. People saying, "Can you get me a season? Could you do, are you still doing those half season tickets?" I was like, "What the ones they gave the ones they gave away for free three years ago? Those ones? <laughs> can you get can you get me one of those? Or I'll pay for it. Could you get me hospitality? I really want to take my dad to hospitality. I really want to do this. Can you get me a ticket? Any chance of ticket for this game, that game? And it's like, gee, like whereas before, as you know, they couldn't give them away. And now, yeah. and now, and now, and now, people are just desperate to get back involved again. So, you know, maybe they're maybe their fault for stepping away in the bad times. I don't know. Oh, I don't think anyone could be blamed. A lot of spirits <laughs> were crushed by the by the previous regime. We will take a short break now for uh, some messages from our sponsors. If you hate them, and why wouldn't you? You should join us on Patreon. We are six pound sixty per month. Lots of like minded mags on that platform who uh, you can comment, you can chat with us. And you can get this podcast ad free as well as many others. Uh, please do consider it. We will be back in a moment. Welcome back to the True Faith podcast with Keith Downey and Sai and Adam, of course, and me, Charlotte. Um, but Keith's the, the main the main part of tonight. Um, now let's look forward to like we can kind of we, we've talked about Eddie Howe. We want to talk a little bit about the season going forward we've got a couple more months of the season we're still not out of the relegation scrap although we are out of the relegation zone we've talked a lot there about how each player has individually um improved pretty much every player on the pitch under eddie howe in the few months that he's been we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Yeah. Um, Keith, your gut feel, gut feel first. How, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think we'll manage to stay out of relegation? Yeah, yeah, you'll be. I think you'll be fine. I really do think you'll be fine. I mean, if you'd asked me that question before the Leeds match, I would have said uh, no. I mean, I felt going into that Leeds match, if you failed to win that, I, I just felt it was curtains. I thought it would have been too hard to come back from. Amazing, though, having said that, how much things have changed. But winning those three matches in a row, nine points out of nine um, recently, I think it's really changed things. I, I feel for Newcastle now, the only thing that could cost the club right now is the injuries because of all the players you want to miss, the three that you need. And you look at Kieran Trippier, for example, he's galvanised that team. I mean, you can just see the respect that the other players have got for him. You just see that on the pitch. You can see that in the training sessions, the bits and pieces that I've seen as well. So to miss him, having already been missing Callum Wilson and obviously Alan St. Maxwell missed at the weekend, I don't think his is too serious, but you kind of never know St. Maxwell because he picks up injuries every now and again. And to miss those three, I think we could be the only thing that could cost Newcastle. But I think if you're able to get St. Maximin back um, and he's able to, you know, affect the team, I think you'll have more than enough to stay up. I was at Liverpool Leeds last night. Um, and watch the Leeds team who just look bereft of confidence. They're missing the whole spine of their team. They lost six. They kind of chucked it in the last 10 minutes of the match, to be honest. I'm not seeing that from Newcastle. I'm seeing a team there who are fighting till the end, fighting for every scrap. So that's what you need in a relegation battle. You've got a striker there in Chris Wood who's yet to hit the target. I do feel that once he gets one, a couple more will follow. Um, and I just think looking down there, it was three from four for a while in terms of going down. To me, it now looks like three from six. So what Newcastle mm. have done is they've dragged a couple more teams back into it in the shape of Leeds, in the shape of Brentford. Obviously, if you get a result there at the weekend, that again changes things massively. And Everton as well. So there's a lot more teams down there. And I just think Newcastle, with the resources they've, they've got, with the players they have, with the spring and step that they've got now, I would be amazed if you went down. And I just feel that there's such a We've spoken about the feel-good factor in the city, but it just feels that there's such a momentum behind the, the, the players and behind the, the club right now. I would be amazed if you went down. Had you asked me that question before Christmas, it would have been a different answer. But things have, things have taken a turn for the, the better just at the right time. Sai, where are you on this? Because uh, Sai's our resident sort of cynic or realist, depending on what your, uh, what your opinion is. Realist, what, realist. what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with Keith that going into that Leeds game, it was do or die at that point. And to what you said earlier, I think Howe already was under pressure at that point because he hadn't really amassed the point. I think he got about seven points from his first 10 games, which 
which wasn't great. It's it's not as what we were expecting. Uh, you know, he'd he'd had to struggle on without any new signings until January, and everyone got that. But by the time um, we'd got into January, we'd lost to Cambridge, and we that that really tepid draw at home to Watford, where yes, we scored, but I think it was our only shot on target, and things weren't coming together. And like I said before. It wasn't like how was dressing it up, like, oh, we've played really well and been unlucky. He was acknowledging that it wasn't quite there yet. But yeah, going into that Leeds game, I was I was convinced it was already too late. And then we scra- scraped a win, albeit I don't even think we were the better team. We just about scraped a win. And you were like, oh, hang on. That's the way it's been for the last sort of three months, hasn't it? Every time you win a game or or, or get, get a result, it's like we're staying up. And every time you lose, we're going down. It's been so hot and cold, but... Yeah, those those three wins have absolutely changed everything. And even though we're now missing our literally our three best players and could be for for some time, I'm not sure what the situation was, is with Maximin. But if, even if he's not injured, he, he's not going to be hundred percent yet. Um, losing Trippier is massive because I think he's been central to the to the to the turnaround. But like you say, Keith, the other teams around us just look worse than us now. Like you, you compare Newcastle to Leeds. I mean, Burnley. I don't, I don't know what Spurs are doing. Could have done without <laughs> that last night. But um, Norwich look gone. Watford look gone. And Leeds look like they could easily be Team Three, if not Leeds as Everton, if not Everton. Burnley still have a lot to do to to, to outperform us. So you start looking at these teams. Whereas in October, November time, I was really struggling to find three worst teams in us. I'm pretty confident now that there's three or four there that we can. We can outperform, and there's plenty of fixtures and plenty of points still to be to be taken, in spite of us being missing players. And I think you're right on Chris Wood, Keith. He's he's surely bound to hit hit some form at some point and, and get some goals, and that'll be really massive because we've sorted the defence out. So if we can just start nicking a few goals here and there, we'll win games. We'll win games one nil. We'll get more points away from home. And yeah, the, the the confidence is as high as it's ever been for me as a Newcastle fan, in spite of where we are. I was just going to say, I. I kind of agree in what, what Eddie Howe's done with the existing players. Like, for example, Trippier out, Mankio out. And, and I tweeted out be um, you know, before that, um before that West Ham game, Kraft obviously having to play right back. I think Kraft coming in under Bruce would have been an absolute disaster. But I think because we're more of a team unit now, I I I think like the, the the team unit can carry maybe those players who maybe aren't quite as the quality that we require. Look, I'd I don't, think I don't know. I was at play. West Ham, and I was like, "They're just no, not passing to Kraft no, at this point." I, <laughs> I think my point was that we weren't. That wasn't going to the the Trippier, um, the, the Trippier injury beforehand. I think could have had the could have been seismic, could have derailed us. And I think because of what he's done with the team now, I don't think that we would crumble just as easily just because we have. I mean, literally, three play, three of our best players out. But that didn't seem, I mean, and we'd come away from that West Ham game slightly disappointed that we didn't win, which is absolutely crazy. But I think what Eddie Howe's done, and to go back to your point a little bit, Si, with the teams around us, I think because he's improved a lot of the players, that's actually, by default, it's it's given us strength and depth that we didn't sort of have before because yeah. a lot of players were underperforming, weren't doing so well, weren't getting game time. But, like, you know, look at the midfield now. Bruno can't get a game at the minute to get, obviously, he's just sort of adapting and Eddie's being canny with him. But even like Long, Sean Longstaff was sort of playing well in that Leeds game before, and he hasn't had a sniff since. But you, you kind of feel that if there is a couple of injuries in midfield, there is a couple of options off the bench in midfield that could just slot in and still give us, you know, a reasonable amount of quality and ability. So it, it does feel that the squad depth is is better, not just because of those of, of, the, of the January signings, but because of the existing players getting 
you know, slightly leveling up, you know, under Eddie Howe, even if it's only slightly. I think what was interesting with the team selection at the weekend against West Ham um, was the fact that, as, as you allude to, there, they left Bruno Bruno out. I mean, it would have been so easy when when St Maximin pulled out, we realised he couldn't play, just to bring Bruno into midfield and move Joel into or Willa Cup one to one of the one of the front three. And you know, when I looked at the team before, I was like, surely that's what he's going to do. But it just kind of shows that he's found a balance there in midfield with the three that have been playing and they've been playing so well that he's decided to to keep them in there. And he's brought someone in from the cold like Jacob Murphy who, you know, hasn't done much for a while and he's he's fitted into the team and had a, had a decent game against West Ham, which shows how well people are stepping up to the plate. People like um, Murphy, people like Fraser, who I've mentioned already, Fabian Scher, Emil Kraft, guys who look like they were on their way out and now suddenly come in and playing a vital job. And that is down to the manager. That is down to his man management skills and what he's able to get out of out of them on a personal basis. That that that's why that that's why that's happening. So I mean, I don't know when Bruno's going to get into the team. Like I don't, he must be getting a little bit frustrated because yeah. I mean, I don't think he's I don't I don't think he's going to be happy with just two minute, two or three minutes here or there. So he's going to have to come in at some point. I wouldn't be surprised this weekend if Bruno comes in and starts. At Brentford, and they give maybe they gave maybe Shelby uh, a rest. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they just mixed it up a little bit um, because it's been a lot of games, um, and I just feel what you don't want to do is just keep going and going and going with the same team again, again and again until you get beat. You need to, you know, good managers realise yeah. when they need to make a change. Listen, I'm not telling them what you should do, but there will come a time when Bruno needs to go into that team, and I, I would I would suggest he's been there long enough now to come in and start. I I, w- I know Sai wants to make a point. I just want to like for one second. I think we've got a, that so those re uh, rearranged fixtures in that March period where we've got quite a crunch. I think he'll get into rotation a lot more if not before then. Sai. Yeah, I just on the kind of improvement of, of squad plays. It's like you can't underestimate how big a task that is for Eddie Howe because what we're talking about here is players who have got six months. Because if we do stay up, they're gone. Emil Kraft's never going to play for Newcastle again. You, you could even argue that Cher and Burn, like what if we really do go back into the transfer market in the summer the way you'd expect us to do so if we stay up? These players are basically playing for for a future that probably doesn't exist for them. So it's even more amazing that Eddie Howe has got them all, you know, fighting for that and and got them to understand that you know what this six months is all that matters right now. And and if those players do well, that you know, obviously it's 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 going to be to their benefit and they'll they'll get a move somewhere else if needs be but you know what i mean like some of these players could easily have just down tools and gone you know what you're going to sell me anyway so what what's where's my incentive to to play my heart out but it's not just that they're playing well they're absolutely giving 110 percent all of them and that's what's quite staggering about this a lot of players who i thought by christmas even had just given up and didn't look like they they wanted to be part of this anymore and what how he's how he's managed that whilst bringing the likes of trippier and, and bruno in who are you know, a cut above the current playing squad whilst maintaining that balance, whilst maintaining that kind of harmony across the team. It's just like a really incredible job he's done. And that's it. That's the stuff that goes unnoticed. Yes, the results have improved, but the 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 harmony he's got in a squad that's had quite an injection of talent and players who who are on their way out, really, they, they still are on the way out, Keith, albeit they've they've shown that they've got some value to us right now. I, I just find that really, really amazing. I was quite impressed as well. Like you alluded to that, um, Keith, as well, where he could have he could have shoved Joe Linton out left and brought Bruno in, but it it was it was obviously that dilemma between balance and 
um, quality. And I think, you know, bringing in, bringing in craft means that you don't, you don't compromise that shape. You don't compromise that balance, even if it means bringing in a player who's, you know, worse, worse than players that are sitting on the bench, but he, but he's, he's obviously got, there's integrity there from Eddie Howe that he believes in this system, this shape, this formation. Everyone's trained that way, which is why we're maybe not saying, oh, we'll just play the best players. And I think sometimes it probably is a close call. I think there was an argument, well, we were missing three of our best players. Surely Bruno comes in because he's got quality, but he, he didn't. He kept it. He, he wanted it to maintain that balance. You know, like you say, Murphy came in, Kraft came in, whereas, you know, another manager might not have done that. And I'm, I was crying out for, you know, for Bruno to be starting, even if it did mean shoving Joel Linton out wide left where he sort of maybe hasn't excelled or hasn't played there for quite, you know, quite a while now. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was kind of like a little window into how Eddie, how his mind works, how he sort of sees the team driving forward. And for him, it feels like don't upset the unit, the balance, the shape stays as it is. And then the players kind of come in or, or maybe interchangeable. He won't necessarily compromise that just to play a better player because I, I guess he just has belief in the squad, in the system that you know they're all used to, to to playing this way now. This is what is working. Everyone's getting confidence from it. Everyone's gaining belief, and there seems to be a you know huge. That seems to be a powerful thing um, that he's sort of got, got this formula, and he doesn't necessarily want to want to move away from it. But you're right. The squad rotation will come into it, even if the shape's going to change. Uh, going to stay the same. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Because I think we all kind of were of the opinion that the squad Newcastle had, and yes, okay, they've added in they've added in the likes of Target and Byrne and, and Trippier, who's now injured. But I think I think we're all of the understanding that that squad of players couldn't really play sort of front foot football, and they had to kind of sit in and def- and defend, and they had to they had to sort of soak up pressure. But the way the way he's playing, he's got, he's matching teams up. Eddie Howe, he's going out there and he's, he's getting that extra 10% out of players that they can go there and match, match teams up. And it's interesting, Sai, just one of the points uh, you made there about players who are probably going to be on their way out in the summer. Some of those players are maybe looking at it now and thinking, hang on, I want to be part of this. Like, mm. they're probably sensing that there's something special about to happen and they might want to go down and, uh, you know, the history of the club is those who were there right at the start when Newcastle started on their their comeback trail and it feels very much like that like guys like John Joe Shelby who I mean he's just looked excellent under under how particularly in the last sort of four or five matches you know guys like him who's been there for a long time that like the guts of his career has been at Newcastle United and he might be getting to the stage where he thought you know maybe there's a chip maybe I go go and finish my career elsewhere now but maybe someone like him thinks hang on I, I want to be part of this and you can see that in his performances Fabian Sherry have mentioned a couple of times is is another yeah. one and you know I just think and that again comes from the manager who obviously there's been a bit of talking behind the scenes you know he's got certain players g'd up and they're now and they're now going out and performing like that. But what I will say is they need to keep doing it. And like we can sit here and you know football fans and probably us in the media can get very fickle and think that everything's great. But I'm sounding like a manager myself here. You need to keep <laughs> it going. You need to, you need to go into the next game. Like you can't just you can't rest in your laurels and think right that's it. We've got we've we've gone six unbeaten. That's it. This needs to carry on till the end of the season. We've seen with Leeds and Everton getting drawn back into it where we thought that could happen. Brentford as well. So, and then look at Burnley, just a couple of weeks ago, Burnley, you're thinking, right, they're out of it, they're gone. They've picked up a couple of really good wins. And by the way, 
Chris Wood replacement looks not bad either in the shape of uh, Veghorst. He, look, he, look, yeah. he looks like he's he looks like he's he's a, a decent sign for twelve million pounds. So, you know, I, it's de- very difficult to tell how that's going to go there at the bottom. But I have to say, just looking at Newcastle and, and what the, the momentum they've got behind them, I would be amazed if if they were if they were taking it down to the last couple of games. I think the thing that sticks out for me so much, and it's been talked about a little bit here, is is even with these players out. Like Alan San Maximan's doing his rehab in his full Newcastle kit on Instagram. Kieran Trippier's doing a QA at the moment, and it's like people have asked him questions like, What's the best thing about playing for the tune? And he's uh, posted a picture of St. James's Park and been like playing in this place. Someone wrote, What do you think of Sunderland? And he's just written, Who? Um, so <laughs> like, he's just, he's just, they're just, in, they just get it. He knows it what he's away. doing, doesn't he? <laughs> He knows right? what he's doing. There's, <laughs> yeah. no, there's, no flies, there's no flies on Kieran Tippier. Absolutely <laughs> not. And I just think, like, like for these players to come in and a month later to, to get it in the way that they get it, and also to just... He's sort of captaining from the sidelines, even, you could say. And and this, this complete engagement that the players have with what's going on, even when they're not playing, I just... I don't know... I, I don't know what what magic has been sprinkled onto them, but it's it's just such a joy as a fan to engage with. You get you guys might must be feeling a little bit lightheaded, a bit dizzy at the moment. Must it must be a, it must be a strange feeling for you, I would imagine. Oh yeah, like this is not normal. This is not normal. Well, it's it's such a weird time, isn't it? Because you know this is the start of a new era, but. We're still playing Emil Craft at right back, you know. It was, it's sort of like we're dreaming, but we have to kind of rein ourselves in because we just need to know that we're safe. And the minute I think we're safe, we'll never look back. I think, I, th- I think, I think it really will be like that. But yeah, it, it, you're right, Keith. It, it's, it's a very, it's a very odd, oxymoronic kind of time to support because we richest club in the world, relegation scrap. You know, it, 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 it's. But like you say, you know. These first few months are what we'll remember. These, these strange times before becomes before we become what we hope we will become. It's um... I, do, I, do, I do think that's true. I do think that's true because I think you know you could go on and win trophies and stuff, but I honestly think you'll look back at this time you'd be like, remember how happy we were there. Remember how things changed because because what has been what has been you know and over the last fourteen years has just gone. Like there's just been that fresh change, and I honestly think you'll look back at the this little period of being excited about going back to the games again and desperate to see what Eddie Howe says at his news conference on a Friday and, you know, desperate to see what the lineup is for the game and the transfer windows, you're getting so excited and you're looking for every little scrap of information. I mean, let me tell you, January was an absolute nightmare for me, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. <laughs> Have you recovered yet, Keith? Just, well, well, it didn't help that a tree went through the roof of my window, the window of the roof of my car the day before deadline day. <laughs> I was just getting, to, I was just getting towards the end, and I thought, right, hang on, we're getting to the end here, right? I can finally chill for a couple of days, and then that happened. So I've been dealing with that for the last few weeks. So it's not really ended since October the sixth last year, to be honest. It's been pretty, it's been pretty crazy ever since then. But listen, I've said for a long time that 
what I've wanted in, in this job is to is to see Newcastle at its best and to see you guys engaged and and to cover a team with with hope and ambition and you know and dreams and it felt like that wasn't there to cover for a long time. So I'm not going to complain about being busy. When it's busy, it's a good it's a good time for, for us guys um, and it's enjoyable. It's when you were getting through every week and you were just kind of treading water like you were as fans, like Mike Ashley was as as an owner. We were as reporters as well and and all of us that that cover the club and many of the guys in the northeast have covered them for longer than I have. Um, want success for the club because we want to report on good things we want to report on clubs in Europe winning trophies we want to go down to Wembley we want to report on good things and I just felt it was negativity all the time um, and I've said this in a couple of other podcasts but um, the, I'm well aware that the same people who are sort of praising us now for reporting and, and whatnot were probably the same people who were who were abusing us only six six months ago but you know what I'll take the good when it's there I'm not going to complain too much I have a question for you, Keith, before we round off and let you go. What's been the most surprising thing to you of the last sort of like, as a as a reporter, as someone who engages with the club and the players and the manager, since the takeover, what has surprised you the most? I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this because obviously I'm aware it's a massive club and I feel like I'm always selling the club to my friends in Scotland and family and saying, like, you'll never believe the size of Newcastle and Sunderland as well. Um, and the, the 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 passion of the the, the fan base because obviously I'm used to covering Rangers and Celtic up in Scotland who are two absolute institutions there and I'm always kind of backing you guys up and saying wait till you see this but I think almost since the takeover it's almost surprised me a little bit as to the level of support and I don't I don't just mean in the northeast like I mean I was on a train back from Liverpool today and there was a Newcastle fan on the train back from Liverpool like came over and started talking to me and just like it seems to be almost it's a lot more global and a lot more national a, a support base than I, than actually I was aware of before. I thought it was just very parochial, very in the northeast, and that was all. So that surprised me. Um, and and I think just I think also just the I find it weird because as a journalist, like I feel like I'm doing my job, and I feel my job is to report on what's going on, and I, I say what I see, and I, I, you know we try and get stories and we report on things and. And we, and we pre try and present thing to the, things to the fans. But what I've really noticed is a lot of supporters just kind of keep coming up and sort of saying thanks in the street and keep going, oh, thank you so much for everything you've done. And I'm like, well, I'm not done. I'm just doing my job. Like, I'm not really doing anything. I'm just, no, but thanks for the way you spoke about us and thanks for that. And, th and I just think it's, it's weird that people are so desperate for for good times to come back again, that they're actually thanking you, like you're part of it. And I think I said this on the the open mic night that we had. Like, I, I might, you, I keep saying this to fans. I'm like, you know, I've not bought the football club yet. You know, I'm just reporting on what's happening. But people are just so desperate to to kind of for good times to come back that they they they'll, they'll kind of thank you for your involvement, even though that all you're doing is kind of reporting on it. So that's been nice. I have to say, it has been nice. And it's been surprising the the amount of supporters that I probably weren't aware were there before. As I say, so many coming out of the woodwork now, so many looking for tickets, so many re-engaged. You just have to walk through the city centre and it has a different feel about it. It has a vibe. And you see people yeah. walking about proudly with their black black and white shirts on now. Whereas before, like they probably have them hidden underneath their jacket. They're now like quite happy <laughs> to walk around with it. So that that that's been nice. I wouldn't say it's been surprising, but probably the level of it has been been surprising for me. And you know, the night the takeover went through back in October. It felt to me like you'd won a trophy. That's what it felt like. The level of 
of support that was there, the you know the, the craziness down at the Bobby Robson statue. It felt like you'd won a trophy. It just gave you a little glimpse into what it could be like if you get if and when you get back to there. So, so that that's been the best part of it. And it's certainly for me. I mean, I was at a stage on a personal level where I was thinking maybe it was time to move on, maybe it was time to cover another club, and think I was feeling a little bit stale. But I have to say, the last the last few months has just kind of given me the appetite for the job again and made me realise that, you know, I do I do want to stay here for the long term. Keith, we're only 17th right now as well. Like, <laughs> what's it going to be like if we actually get into the top four? <laughs> You'll probably be used to it by then, though, won't you? You'll just be taking it for granted. This is why I keep saying, I honestly think these first few months, you'll look back and you'll you'll, you'll treasure these, these times and how you feel. And, you know, you guys are just sitting there with smiles on your faces the whole way through, just talking about your club. And that's what you want. You know that. I mean, I'm in, I'm in this job now um, as a journalist. I've kind of lost my support. I mean, I grew up supporting a team Hearts in Scotland and it was that love of supporting Hearts that got me into this job. That was the thing that kind of like made me passionate to be a journalist. And it's weird. I sometimes get to Monday morning now and I'm like, what was the Hearts score at the weekend? Like, I don't even know because I'm so embroiled and immersed in everything that's going on down here with you guys so you guys are still lucky that you've got that you've got that love and that attachment and i feel now working in industry is gone so i suppose i live my life through you guys a little bit and if if the supporters are happy and they're having a great time in the, in the pub after the game and whatever i enjoy it as well because you just feel part of the city and you just feel, feel part of the whole story well on that note unless either of you two have anything that you'd like to add I will thank you so much, Keith, for coming on and, and joining us this evening, giving us your insight on Eddie Howe so far and the season as a whole. Fingers crossed you're right, and we have you on in the summer at some point or, or, or sooner talking about our our um, ascension up the Premier League table next season. Um, uh, if you yep, if you have enjoyed this, we have it ad-free on Patreon. I've got to get it in at £6.60 a month. Uh, we've got four to five um, extra podcasts per week please do join us on that platform as many others have. In the meantime, we will be back with the post Brentford win celebration podcast. I'm going to say, I'm going to call it now. Um, thanks so much for listening. Take care.